It's Think Tank. We're obviously reacting to the uh, budget getting done on Valentine's Day, where there were moments of love on the floor of Toronto City Council. We'd like to see that, and we're very happy our next guests are in to discuss it. Uh, some councillors don't pick up the phone. These two always do, and we appreciate that. From Ward 4, we have Gord Perks joining us uh, on the line on Toronto Today. It's great to have you back, sir. Thanks for the time. Good morning, Greg. And one of your colleagues uh, made his way in. Did you bike this morning, uh, Brad Bradford from Ward 19? Did you ride your, your, your bicycle? Well, you betcha, because if I was riding the TTC, who knows if I would have gotten here. Stop, stop. We're sp- <laughs> and hey, Gord- Again, it's a day after the most loving day in the in the, in the in the 366 day calendar. Come on. Well, hey, Gord, you know what? I never had an opportunity to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. I hope that was sweet for you. And, and I hope you're not too hungover from all the champagne socialism last night. Oh boy! Listen, you your Wheaties this morning, didn't you? Oh, nobody, ne- nobody needs me here. Um, and many people have said that in the last fifteen minutes. Um, Gord, let's start with you. Um, there's a slight tweaks to the budget. It, let me uh, bring it to the inside from a city councilor perspective. When all this debate is over, when when there's been some victories and some defeats, is it just a relief to get the process done and then go about governing? Or is this sort of the meat and potatoes of what you do? Do you like getting under the hood of the car and figuring out how to run the city? Well, this this is actually part of the, the job that you look forward to doing. It's it's going in, looking department by department. Can you do this better? Can you do that different? Can you help us meet that need? How can we pay for it all? It, this is the work of governing. It, what do people say? Show me your budget, and I'll show you what you care about. That's what we did yesterday. Brad, how do you view it, the process of it itself? Well, process was different for me this time. Uh, you know, obviously, I worked very closely with the former mayor and, uh, you know, the new Gord's mayor. pointed that out at times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. And, it, and the new mayor and I see things differently. Um, so, in fact, it was more of a Gord Perks outside role uh, over the past number of years for me on this one. Um, but it is an interesting process. And, and Gord's right. I think, uh, you know, show me your budget. I'll show you your priorities, I think is what they say. Uh, this obviously is a very expensive budget. It's a historic tax increase, the largest in the uh, post-amalgamation city's history. There's a lot of people who are really concerned from an affordability perspective. And, you know, with Mayor Chow's new budget, people are going to be paying a lot more. And what we will see in the the days, weeks, and months ahead is is whether you actually see that in an improvement in the things that people care about. Let's just talk about the order of getting this done, though, because I think it's worth flashing back people to a year ago, uh, Gord, to where it, it was obviously quite chaotic. Mayor Tory resigns on a Friday, but is heavily involved in the budget process the next week. And and for all those people that were shocked by the circumstances of his resignation, there was still so much. It, we all were stumbling a little bit blindly into what the city was going to be and the concept of who's going to run for mayor, how's it all going to turn out. At, I think there's a little more order and direction than 12 months ago at this time. Is that safe to say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for the first time in a while, I, I would say Toronto has a clear plan, and that plan was built in conversation with Torontonians. It's been something like 15 years since anybody ever went and asked people, before we wrote the budget, what do you want to see? And the mayor, through uh, direct meetings in communities, online meetings, telephone town halls, we engaged well over 10,000 people in shaping this. And what people told us is, we want to see better transit, we want to see more housing, and we're prepared to pay. And that's the budget we passed.
Brad, do you look at the city? Um, I know that we have, you know, played the commercial, and I don't think out of out of mockery at all, but Olivia put a commercial out in the spring and said Toronto's just not affordable anymore. Now, there is a baseline of people who are trying to make more comfortable and provide more services, so there's places to go for people who are trying to get back on their feet or who are renters and not owners. But you've made the case of a, a, a second consecutive heavy property tax increase does make a city, your perspective is it makes it less affordable for more people than otherwise. Well, of course. I mean, like handing people a bigger bill in the most expensive city to live in in the entire country doesn't make it more affordable. It's the exact opposite of that. Now, there's always folks on the socioeconomic spectrum that that need additional help and assistance. That doesn't change. That is a problem that's solved by money, uh, especially when we talk about affordable housing. Um, you know, it's it's a question of how many hundreds of thousands of dollars of subsidy are you going to put on a per door basis, and that's where we have to work with other levels of government. But for the vast mm. majority of Torontonians, life is more expensive today. You know, you're paying more at the pump, you're paying more at the grocery store, your rent's gone up, your mortgage rates have gone up, and now the city of Toronto is is whacking it with the biggest tax increase ever. And by the way, like it's not going to get cheaper next year. We have big problems on the capital side. A year afterwards, Torontonians need to saddle up for multiple years of historic tax raises. That's the direction that we're getting in. And I can't go out to anyone and say, your life is going to be more affordable when the city is actually handing you a, the biggest property tax bill that you've ever seen. And Gord, I'll make the point because for our audience, they should know you've, you've been on our show and I think you've done the, an admirable job of this. People like you, Josh Mallow and others urged, begged the prior mayor, we need to raise taxes a little more. Services are falling by the wayside, garbage, roads, um, water fountains in, in, in public parks, tennis courts, any of that stuff. And and it only money's the only thing that fixes a lot of those things. And you pushed Mayor Tory and, and he wouldn't budge on these things. And it left us where we are. Yeah, no, an awful lot of the problem we've got, and Brad just said, you know, there's big holes in our capital program. This is because for 15 years we had mayors who, you know, said, oh, you can have services for free. I'm not increasing your property taxes by past inflation. It's just nonsense, right? Like, things cost money. And, you know, it's not just people who are, you know, low income that benefit out of this budget. If you drive to work, the roads have some room on, on them because other people are taking transit. Who paid for that transit? All of us together. Turn on the tap. Where'd that water come mm-hmm. from? All of us paying together. When we invest, we lower the cost of living in the city. And and this is one of the things that just drives me nuts. You know, yesterday during the budget debate, all these councillors got up and said, oh, the tax increase is too big. They had an opportunity. They could have moved a motion to cut something. I mean, as far as I know, the only thing really that happened that was of big importance, and Brad voted for this, I voted to give more money to the police. So increasing the cost of Torontonians. It's a little bit dishonest to say you can, you know, have public services, but you don't have to pay for them. It kind of bugs me. I'll, I'll correct the record for the listeners out there. A couple things. One, there was a motion to reduce the property tax by a point. I did vote for that. Gord actually, Gord actually whipped the vote against it. Just let me finish. And the additional funding for the police, while the mayor went out there and said that it's other levels of government paying for it, I asked her multiple times how much and what is it going to. We didn't have an answer for that. The truth is it came out of a reserve fund that was uh, that was brought forward by the mayor. 
And in both instances, the tax stabilization reserve was the funding source, as it was for windrows, as it was for, for a ton of different things. I think the key takeaway is the mayor's budget here makes choices, makes very expensive choices. And while Gordon and I would agree on the importance to invest in infrastructure and different things like that, uh, you're not going to see it because what was budgeted here, some of the most expensive items that, that we're paying for, is an increase, a restoration to service levels of 100% on the TTC. When we don't have 100% ridership, everybody knows that the ridership pays for two-thirds of the service, and we have now increased that to 100%. We didn't do a fair increase. But Brad, why won't you see it in the services like Gord mentioned? Why won't you see it in parks? And why won't you see it in recreation facilities? Well, why, why, people? Those are tangible things that people have in their everyday lives on the well, weekend on the, when they take their kid to the hockey rank, the water fountain, and the bathrooms are operable and working, that kind of stuff. I, I have less problems with capital investments, and we have 10-year capital plans for all those things. So those things are in motion. I have more problems in the operational decisions that we made, the hiring of additional staff uh, when, when we don't necessarily need them. And I don't think right. the work was done to find the savings, real savings, not offsets, but real savings, uh, that would drive a budget that was more affordable for people. You had a whole day yesterday where you could have moved a motion that cut one of those services or, or some of the hirings, and you, and you didn't. Gord, like, I, I moved weird. a motion back in the fall. This is funny because we're no, getting no, into no, the I details here. And I asked for a core no, services no, no, review that was... Pers- Hold on. Let, let, let's Stay hear Gordon. Go ahead, Gordon. Stay on topic, Brad. Come on. You had a whole day yesterday. We were debating the budget was completely permissible for you to move any motion you wanted to cut some public service and use that to decrease the property tax. You didn't. What this budget did was add 100 staff to the library at a time when you can't take out books. It added two you, it added two it that? added 200 staff to TTC stations to provide information. It doesn't do anything for fare evasion where we lose $130 million a year. It doesn't do anything for safety on the TTC, which is the primary reason why people are not riding transit right now. I can tell you, I hear it from families all the time. They're not coming back to transit because they don't feel safe. And, you know, in the fall, I had a motion on the long-term financial plan, which is the right time and the right way to do it, to ask for a core services review where we would look at precisely these types of discussions. The mayor didn't want those answers. You didn't want to find those efficiencies. The vote was whipped. And then you put us in a position where we don't have that information to make those decisions okay. come budget time. Let's let Gord respond. Then I want to move to police. But go ahead, Gord. I want to give you the final word on that. No, yeah, fair, fair enough. You moved a motion a while ago, and that's nice. Good for you. Yesterday, <laughs> you could have voted. You could have voted not to give the money to the library if you don't want them to hire those people. You could have put a motion, done that. You didn't, Brad. Like it's it's just one thing to say taxes are too high, but when the moment comes for you to say, you know what, I'm going to cut taxes by cutting this service, you you didn't do it. This is the uh, mayor's budget. It. I voted against it because I don't agree with this budget. I think it makes life more expensive for Torontonians and everybody when they open up their property tax bill, they're going to see that plainly in the writing. All right, let's. Gord Perks is with us. Brad Bradford is with us. We got uh, several minutes left. I want to get to police issues. I want to get to TTC issues as well. Gord, let me start with you, uh, Mayor Chow. I, I some people have called it caving in. I don't. I think this is something somewhere where she recognizes there are just too many votes going the other way. So she voted for a motion to put twelve point six million dollars into the police budget. Matt Elliott covers City Hall really closely, and he wrote 
This battle, meaning about the police funding, was always more symbolic than substantive. $12.6 million is less than 1% of police spending. It's less than 0.1% of city spending. And I think it's silly also to frame counselors as pro-police, anti-police. But what was your big reason? And I'll ask Brad the same question. What was your big reason to not support the $12.6 million? My big reason is that I'm very concerned about police accountability and how they spend their money. They went out and told a lot of Torontonians this is about hiring more officers. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're hiring twice as many civilians as they are officers in this budget. If their first and most important job was, was officers, why are they hiring these other people? So uh, we don't get uh, the same kind of review of the police budget as we do our own services. And for a couple of years, their gross budget has been going up by huge amounts about 20% over the last two years. And they're not accounting for that to us. And I think they've got to do a better job before I'm going to give them more money. And Brad, I think these are that's a, that's a criticism I do hear a lot from listeners is the idea of you're asking the city to look under the hood of the car. You're asking them to look into this department and that department and the cops never open their books. Isn't that a fair criticism? Well, it, everybody wants more accountability and I think council would agree with that. The police are doing line by line reviews. That's part of the reforms that were passed in 2020. And, you know, there's more work to do on that. And I think the police would agree, but the reality is the police are not like any other agency or department or division at the city. They're governed by a separate act, the police services act. Uh, They have a legislative responsibility to deliver adequate and effective service And, you know, there's only one set of facts here. And I think that's what Torontonians were responding to. The reality is you have a 22-minute average response time for priority one calls. And we have more people retiring and leaving the service than we are hiring. We have 500 fewer officers today than we had more than a decade ago. And they have been cut down to the bone in many respects. And budget after budget after budget has not provided resources to hire those frontline officers. You have people moving through promotion ranks that opens up spaces and vacancies at constables. And at the end of the day, it's as simple for people as when someone is trying to kick down your front door uh, to steal your vehicle, you want to call 911 and have somebody show up. But shouldn't, if they want the money and they want that, they want all that being said, shouldn't we, shouldn't more city councilors compel, demand um, the Toronto Police Services provide city council with a fully de- detailed budget so we can scrutinize it line by line. They do provide a very line detailed, by line. They 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 provide a budget that is uh, that is very detailed. There's a lot of money there. People ask a lot of questions. It's it's actually for anyone who hasn't looked at the budget documents, it's it's very easy to say, well, okay, like you know, what are they doing? Show me line by line. They have a very comprehensive budget that is provided to counselors, and those of us who want to take the time to look at it mm-hmm. can read it. But again, I think the mayor's reversal on this comes amidst, uh, amidst tremendous public pressure from people, from residents associations, from folks that you're meeting on the TTC, on Main Street, and they are concerned because a 22-minute response time is completely inadequate in a city like Toronto. Gore, do you think the police overshot in terms of lobbying, public pressure, uh, exerting? It's not... It's far from blackmail, but the idea is, hey, things could get worse if we don't get our money. I mean, you know, that's that's Godfather-esque stuff to some people. Well, you know, the head of any department is free to make a case for why their service does or doesn't need money. The thing that kind of annoys me is they spent a good deal of public money buying ads, buying social media buys, producing videos. They literally, like we gave them money in last year's budget, 
They took that money and they spent some of it lobbying for this year's budget. That's not okay. Um, I need to, okay, yeah, I want to respond to that. It, it's an important distinction. Gord is a big fan of a lot of our unions, Local 79, 416. They spend union dollars on advertisements and on radio stations. And, and the difference is money, this was right. the Toronto Police Association. Ma- he is making the point union dues no, 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 are used no, no, for that no, no, money. No, no, and, and, not, and, and I'm not making the point that those advertisements story, were coming story, from the Brad, Toronto Police. Got to be honest with the, with the listeners, Brad. No, Gord, it was they, the Toronto they, Police Association ads, and they say that afterwards. That's the police union. The police service, the police service put ads out. You the, know that. The, no, the Toronto you know Police that. Association, which is the union, no, no, put no, out no, ads, and they say no, that at the end of the advertisements. So either no. way, Torontonians wanted to have that information. I think it's important for them to know, uh, you know, just where we are on the response times and 22 minutes for a priority one call where there is an urgent uh, threat to loss of life is unacceptable. Um Let's move to fair evasion. Brad brought it up. Um, Gord, are there pros, cons to inspectors? Um, I, I was fined once ages ago for not having a ticket on the GO train, paid a $100 ticket. I, I was caught. I was guilty. Is there a problem with collecting money from people for fair evasion on the TTC? We, we do have uh, fair inspectors. I, and depends on what you're doing. Like if you're in the subway, you we don't see that many in, inspectors because you got to go through a turnstile, right? Mm-hmm. I take the Dundas streetcar. I see an inspector, you know, three times a week. So there, there is there is already in place uh, a pretty big inspection force out there. Okay. Brad, how much did you say you think the city's losing by? Metrolinks, uh, I know for the GO train, said they thought they were losing $15 million over the course of the year, say after the pandemic when things started to return to normal, and then they got inspectors back on about a year ago at this time. So the response that we got at the TTC board meeting was 13%, $130 million. So that is a big, big number that's coming out of the coffers. And again, that uh, those those fares are supposed to pay for the service. They're supposed to pay for the service levels, two thirds. Now we could talk about that. That funding arrangement is is inadequate and and hasn't been helpful for Toronto Transit. But the reality is, two thirds coming from the fare box, and we're shipping 130 million dollars a year out the door to fare evasion. And at a time when we're increasing service, well, ridership is down. And again, that is a choice. And uh, we're losing $130 million to fare evasion. I would say we need to plug that gap and we need to, to do more to make sure that we're retaining mm-hmm. those fares. I'd ask, would the city waste more time and money and, uh, and expenditure to, to go after the $130 million for some because I, they don't have it or they won't get pro- – people can say, I don't have any ID, et cetera, et cetera? I think it's about $7 million bucks that's spent on – fair evasion enforcement. Mm. And so that's a pretty big delta between 130 million. Um, I want to ask you, you guys both about the future of the TTC. We've obviously seen Gord some, some rough moments at times. There's been a lot of discussion about Rick Leary. There's considered tension between Jamal Myers and Rick Leary. What are you hopeful for on public transit? It's so critical. It really does make the city run. It's sort of the, the engine in the car. What do you hope happens over the next 12 months with it? Well, um, one of the things that we learned, uh, Years and years ago, and this, we had something called the Ridership Growth Strategy when David Miller was mayor. I don't know if you remember that. What we did is we said, if you want people to, to use a service, you got to make the service better. So we invested in more service. We're doing that this year and making it more attractive. So, you know, you don't wait as long for a bus. Maybe you're going to take the bus. You know you're going to get a seat on the subway. Maybe you're going to take the subway. So making those investments has historically been the way that you get 
more people riding. And when you get more people riding, mm-hmm. to Brad's point, they're paying fares, and you get into a virtuous cycle instead of what we just went through, which was kind of a death spiral. Um, Brad, how do you feel about uh, Stephen Holiday put something on the floor wanting to make kids under 12 pay fares on the TTC? Do you agree or disagree with that? I, well, it was ruled out of order, which was a separate conversation and, and kind of interesting as well. There was a bit of a dust up on that. Uh, with look, Stephen? Are you kidding? Uh, no, I'm joking. No, no, no. I'm joking. It was actually with clerks. It was procedural. No, no, it's all okay. good. That's so uh, rare. Look, okay, fine. I, I think that it's it's no I, secret that uh, when kids riding free under 12, when that policy was brought into place, uh, fare evasion went through the roof. Uh, there's a lot of 12-year-olds that look like 18-year-olds now that just sort of rush the gate, and it's been really challenging. Uh, that well, said, like, are, are you collecting fares and enforcing on a three-year-old? Well, I think your da- your nine, yeah. 10-month-old daughter's old enough. She should pay her fair share. <laughs> well, but I you know what's interesting is, is I don't take my daughters on the TTC <laughs> right now. No, but seriously, because I, I ride the TTC enough to see the things that are going on there yeah. on an everyday basis, and I'm not... I'm not subjecting my three-year-old to that right now, and and that's frankly the circumstances for a lot of families out there. So, uh, <laughs> as a three-year-old, like we're not going out and riding the TTC, um, uh, we're just not. But I think it's been it's been challenging with fare enforcement when you have the gates open for under twelve, and and that sort of lets everybody rush them. I need a quickie here. Valentine's Day, Gord. We started there. Um, the most popular gift still for men to give to women: candy, greeting cards, flowers, and evening out. You're a generous soul. Did you do all four last night? Well, no, I spent my evening with Brad. I know. that's So, again, <laughs> greeting cards, flowers, and an evening out. That just sounds terrible. That's the, a lot of city councillors' worst nightmares. Brad, did you step up to the plate? Uh, you know, I think for, for Gord and some of council, 9.5% tax increase <laughs> oh, was really? the gift. Okay. But, uh, no more flowers in the Bradford oh, household, right? You know, Times Ka- are tight. Catherine and I are going out on, on Friday, and uh, uh, Shelly Carroll brought us in some delicious jam cookies. And so, you know... It, it, I think everyone, taxpayer funded jam jam cookies. Yeah. She made them herself. I don't know. All if right, she used we need her to look into budget. This. I don't know. Let's do an investigation. Uh, enjoy today. Thanks so much, Gord Perks, Brad Bradford. Thanks for being on Think Tank. See you, fellas. It's great.